The following program is produced and powered by StraightRadio.com. Hip-hop is consists of a few, few elements. You got the rap, DJs, the B-boys, the style of dress, and the graffiti. It's Soul Sonic Biggs with Let's Talk Hip-Hop, the podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to Let's Talk Hip Hop the Podcast. And I'm Mr. Biggs, aka Soul Sonic Biggs, and I got my partner with me, Tully R O C K in the city, working, working on, on your body. body. Mr. Biggs, ooh, and what's then going I got on, my, my brother? TK with the wine of the week. We're going to be reaching out yo, to Debbie D later on. And we got a special guest, Charlie, man, a special guest today. It's oh, going to be yeah. off the meters. Oh, yeah, none other than the legendary Anthony Holloway, the legendary DJ Hollywood. Hollywood like you should, Mr. Biggs. And this is going to be a real hot-button topic tonight. Yeah, man, this is going to be good. This is really going to be a good one, Charlie. Yeah, yeah. How was your week, man? My week has been pretty good so far, you know, kind of mundane, but 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 pretty. Well, actually, you know what? It's been really good, you know. My son was away for a while in another state, and, you know, he came home yesterday, up. and, you know, he's a big strapping man now, you know, <laughs> and everything. So, um, you know, reconnecting with him, getting him reacclimated. He, you know, he had to go and enroll in college today at John Jay. So, um, you know, it's it, it's been good. So between him, my daughters, and my baby daughter, her birthday is today. She turned 18 years old today. Mm, you know? 18. So 18 that years number. old. That's that yes, number. Yes, indeed. That's right. The magic number. And so she's out with her friends. She wanted to go to Benny Hanna's for her birthday. So wow. that's where she's at. And we Benny gave some money. So that's, a, a, you know, a, a shout out to my, and a happy birthday to my daughter, Jada Lynx. Jada Dickey. She, she turned the magic 18 today, May 9th. Happy birthday, sis. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. All right, all right. It's also my daughter-in-law's birthday today. Okay, all righty. And it's also um, Pow Wow's birthday today. Really? Yep. A lot um, of birthdays today. Yeah, a lot of birthdays today. So it's... So happy birthday to Pow of the Soul Sonic Force. And one happy shout out to my man Curtis Blow, man. Get better, baby. We all praying for you, man. We all praying for you. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. You know, um, he had to go back in for emergency surgery, and it was successful. It was successful. It was successful. So, um, you know, in talking with some of the brothers yesterday, he's resting well and resting peacefully. That's for sure. You know, and... um. You know, you know. Listen, we're at that age where you know the the aches and pains. We don't bounce back off things like we did back when we were younger. None you know all, what I mean? Man. So <laughs> I think it's really important just taking the time, especially at the age that we are, to take care of our health. I know you really do a lot of things with your health, Mister Big, in terms of yeah, dietary man. changes. I, I admire you on that. I, I don't have that discipline yet, my brother. I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah I know? try to stay fit, man, Charlie. But my week, man, I. You know, the thing that got me about this this week, you know, I'm always talking about the, the cops hurting us and shooting us down, this, that, and the other. But the thing that burned me up this week, man, is that, that cat that let his three-year-old daughter get burned in the car, man. Oh, my yes. yes. And, and they changed, yes. they changed the door so you couldn't even rescue the just burned this three-year-old girl alive, man, all because he had a dispute with the mother. You know, they, what, what's, what the hell's going on, man? This is crazy, like... This baby girl, you just, I don't care what the age, like you burning somebody alive, this is a baby, and you burned her alive. Some, I think some brother, I think he lived out in Queens somewhere. Yes, he did. And um, 
some kind of way he got burned too. So he's supposed to be intensive kids. So yeah, yeah. Mm. But just the the mindset, man, the frame. That's you're a straight monster. Like if you want to do that, man, this, this hurt yourself, kill yourself, man. You, you know, know what I'm saying? If you, yeah. Brothers and sisters, you, you got to realize, man, if you don't get along with your mate, you'll just leave, man. It ain't that serious, man. It ain't that serious. Absolutely. And took an innocent life a in the baby, process. A three-year-old and, baby. And, and really diabolical. He actually locked her and chained the door so they could not rescue her. And, and actually what happened, how they were able to get in, is that the heat from the fire melted the doorknobs to the wow. door. And that's where they would get in, but it was too late to save her. Zoe. Her name was Zoe. Zoe, Zoe. exactly. That's what it was. She was a beautiful. Zoe Pereira. Zoe Pereira. Oh, man. Beautiful young lady. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, so. baby. Rest in peace to that young lady, man. Rest, Rest in, in pride. Peace. Rest in pride. Rest in pride. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. So, Mr. Biggs, where, where, where are we headed to today? We're going to get Debbie D on the phone. All right. Let's see what street she's in this evening. Oh, we got a treat for y'all, man, because... Hollywood, you know, it's a lot of dispute on where Hollywood fit into this Holly, this um hip hop thing, if if he do fit in it at all, like you know what I'm saying. Uh, everybody look at him as a disco type of DJ, and he looks at himself as a hip hop. He, you know, one of the founders of hip hop himself, and yeah, he actually he actually considers himself the founder, and and I've heard different things that he's he has said, you know, but but you know what. That's why he's getting equal time today, Mr. Biggs. He's getting ready to, to, to tell his story, you know, on Let's Talk Soul Sonic Biggs, Let's Talk Hip Hop, because, you know, we want to give everybody equal time. It isn't a thing where, you know, we tell a story and don't give you your, your chance to tell the side of the story. This podcast is brought to you by Mr. Biggs Wines, along with Mr. Biggs and Son Cork. We'll be right back with Soul Sonic Biggs and Let's Talk Hip Hop. I want to let y'all know this was brought to you by Mr. Biggs Wines. And I'm Mr. Biggs from the legendary group, the Show Sonic Force. And I can honestly say I'm one of the true founders of this billion-dollar industry called hip-hop. Through it all, I have been very fortunate to travel the world, enjoy some fine things in life, the finer things in life, that is. During that time, I acquired a taste of fine wine. One day while I was relaxing, sipping on a nice glass of wine, I realized that I'm part of a new generation that just started appreciating the presence of fine wine. Yes, the early hip-hop generation is now enjoying fine wine. Millions of people throughout the world who grew up on hip-hop now enjoy the great taste of fine wine. That's that Mr. Big's wine. So when I came up with the idea to create the first wine of hip-hop, Mr. Big's Wines, I started off with my wife's favorite, the Moscato. And now we have five flavors that you can choose from. Visit my website at mrbigswines.com to order your bottles today. Everybody in the street, in the street, Like I said, Charlie, man, this is going to be a great show, man. Can't wait to interview my brother. Now we're waiting to get home, girl. Well, it, it sounds like she might be on the line. I think that, that sound means that Debbie D is in those streets. Am I right? Debbie D, are you with me? Debbie D is in the building. What's oh, up, Yo, yeah, Deb, how you <laughs> going, sis? <laughs> Good to hear y'all voice on tonight. I, I'm out here in these hip-hop streets making sure that y'all got what y'all need so y'all can stay current on what's going on in hip-hop because you know stuff is always happening. It's always moving. So y'all ready for the deets on tonight? 
Yes, sir. Uh, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sure. Debbie D. <laughs> All right. I got two words for you um, to, to kick, it off, kick it off on tonight. And the two words are simply this. Met Gala. Oh, <laughs> the man. The Met Gala happened on this week. The Met Gala that was crazy. That um, they kind of come together, all the stars all over the world, you know, whoever gets the invitation, come together to the Met Museum, which is, you know, in New York City. It was the annual event. And believe it or not, it's $35,000 a pop. Woo! Oh, yeah. Invitation only. So you can't come unless you are invited. And, of course, you know, our theme, every year they have a theme. So this year the theme was camp. Now, you know, Katy Perry was there, Celine Dion, Sierra, who was stunning, stunning in that black afro. Loved it. Lady Gaga, Serena Williams, the Kardashian girls killed it. Janelle Monet was a knockout. Dapper Dan was all over the carpet. He styled, you know, some male and female artists. Of course, we had, like, you know, one of one of my little mentors in the, in the modeling game, the one and only Naomi Campbell was there. Mm. Bella Hadid was there. All the supermodels was on the carpet. But hip-hop was represented to our major the females at the top of the list right now that's killing the game Cardi B and Nicki Minaj yeah, I saw Nicki Cardi's Minaj. dress Cardi's huh? dress was I saw Cardi's dress that was off the chain did they you said, see the girl they said did the, the, they the said the, the, the rhinestones I know. they said the rhinestones on her breast the rhinestones was like uh-huh. 40,000 a piece that I might be off a couple of thousand but just Listen. one of the rhinestones was like thousands of dollars I and got these to. designers you know they looking for the right girl to put it in and she was the right one for the occasion let me just give a shout out to the designer one of my faves from over there across the pond was Tom Brown okay amazing designer and for those of you that didn't see it you may you need to make sure you google so you can see the girl and that deep red gown I mean it was absolutely amazing Everybody knows that Nicki Minaj loves pink, so she had on the Prabal Garan pink gown, stunning the girls killed the doggone thing. Mm. But what most people could have missed, and I got this, this was my highlight of the night, after I did a little research to make sure y'all got this, Lena Waite. Now, Lena Waite is an actress and also a co-writer, and mostly she is known for the Netflix drama series Master of None. Mm. She's also the creator of the Showtime drama series The, the Shy. That's actually one of my favorite shows. Okay. I got to get into it because I've never seen it, but I got to check her out. But this, she wanted to kind of give a nod to um, some of the um, uh, drag queens who basically are the ones who started this whole camp movement. So what she did was she tapped into black designer Kirby Jean Raymond, who is the designer. His line is called Pyre Moth, P-Y-E-R. I went to his website. Y'all know I had to look it up. His stuff is popping, so you might see me in it real soon. (laughs) This is what she did. They came out in these zoot suits, right? And when you kind of look at the suit, like, from a distance, it just looked like, you know, they got on these regular suits. You know, the suit ain't really saying nothing. But you know me. I'm the flyerologist. I had to kind of zoom in, get a little more details on the suit. Because from a distance, just look like a regular suit with pinstripes. Y'all ain't going to believe what I'm getting ready to tell y'all. Check this out. When you look at the suit and the piece that looks like pinstripes was actually 
lyric, and they was lyrics from Nipsey Hussle, Jay Z, wow. Nas, Ray, Meek Mill, J Cole, and Kendrick Lamar. Can you believe that? Well, that's fly. That's and I fly. thought when I saw it, I saw I saw the outfit that you're talking about because uh-huh. she had it on and her brother had it on. And, and that was the designer, exactly. And I thought they was going to um, do some type of concert for the Yankees. And she, she, all them <laughs> <laughs> listen, Yo, listen. Yo, that's crazy. Yeah. And listen, and, and, and that's not even all, Biggs, okay? If you got close enough or if you go to their website or go to my Instagram, because, you know, I had to highlight it for the people, and you came in close to the to the buttons, they kind of look like just gold buttons. But guess what? They were replicas of the faces of Biggie, Tupac, Old Dirty Bastard, wow. and Easy. Wow. Deep, deep, deep. Because all, 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 the, all the hip-hop icons that have moved on, transitioned exactly. on. Fantastic. It was amazing. And the buttons were done by Johnny Nelson. He has his own jewelry line, you know, and, and they kind of like, when you go to his website, you kind of see it like as rings, but he made them buttons. I mean, oh. it was fly. It, I was like, now, come on here, y'all. See, you know black people was very creative. You know we know how yeah, to we, do the dog on for sure, thing. for sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, um, Letha Waits, she is very strong as an activist in the LGBT community. Yeah, And yes. she was definitely, I am very aware of the statements that she was trying to make. Um, camp, well, really to the ballroom culture, you yes. know? And, yes. And, yes. and for those who are not familiar with the ballroom culture, um, I recommend that you see the movie Paris is Burning, which is a documentary about the ballroom culture that was made quite a number of years ago, as well as okay. a television the show that is on FX called Pose, which oh, is a salute okay. to the ballroom culture. I think culture. that's on Netflix, too. It's actually on FX, but it may be on Netflix as well. And okay. the star, who is actually the person who moderates the um, the balls, is none other than Billy Porter. And he made he a one heck of an entrance That's at the Met Gala. You, know, you know, I'm all about it, you know doing the hip-hop thing, but yes, the brother made an appearance. Oh, yes, yes he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> Carried in on a bearer. By six listen, Bill, listen, dressed in gold. Them feathers was saying something that night. Yes, them he was. feathers was chilling. It was amazing. So I, But I really just had to highlight that because I thought the creativity was amazing. Doing? You know, and I've never seen anybody take the lyrics of hip-hop artists and actually in-craft the words. That's deep, man. Well, See, now I got to look back. I got to yeah. look back at that now. That's... That's incredible. That's some well, iconic listen, stuff go, right I'm there. I'm going to put it on my Facebook page, but if you don't get, you know, if you get time tonight, you can go to my Instagram before I upload it. But I'm telling you, it's amazing. I got one more thing I want to talk about tonight. It's on a serious note. You know, this just happened not maybe within the last 24 hours. We got our legendary brother rapper Common. He just released a new memoir called Let Love Have the Last Word. Mm. And Common, basically, you know, as a memoir, you write about your life. And, you know, the thing about memoirs is that you just can't talk about, you know, the good things that happened. You have to talk about some of that ugly stuff that happened and how you survived it and how you got over it. And one of the things that Common did was he started talking about his trauma of being molested as a child. Wow. This is the first time he's actually come out. He said he was, you know, in the midst of filming and working with, you know, another artist. And while he was in the midst of that, um, he said, Biggs, that, you know, he was getting flashbacks. And he said, you know, he saw telling the person, I was molested. 
And then in the midst of writing this memoir, he decided to open up. I kind of like, you know, some of the things that he said when, you know, I was on the Twitter feed just kind of looking at it. I'm going to pull out some of these quotes because he said one of the reasons why he decided to open up and talk about it is to give others the strength to do the same and to help them on their healing journey. He said we all have experienced pain and suffering is nothing to be ashamed of. He said he's still working on the healing process and he's getting he's getting his own therapy. He has a therapist and he's working with them. And, you know, he's just very, very poignant and saying to everybody, listen, we all have suffered. We all got junk. We all got mess. But here's the final quote. At the end of the day, at some point, you have to let it go. So whatever your it is in your life, you just got to let it go. That's why I go to church. I don't know what y'all do. <laughs> that, that's actually a good segue, Debbie D, because we got to let you go right now. Let okay, me go. But, so um, let it go. Absolutely. Listen, but, um, y'all yes. can continue to connect with me on social media. You can catch me on Instagram or on Twitter, um, Hip Hop Matriarch MC Debbie D. My brother, Mr. Biggs, and Tally Rock. I look forward to talking to y'all next week with another segment on hip hop in the street. All right, all right. The legendary Debbie D. Oh, all right. Man. God bless. Bye bye. Right, we'll man. be right back soon, people. We'll be right back with a great guest. All right. You keep it right there. We back, we back, we back. All right, Mr. Biggs, welcome back, welcome back. Let's talk hip-hop, my brother. We're going to talk hip-hop today, that's for sure. That's for sure, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Man, that was great with Dev, man. I mean, I know that that, uh, gala, what what, what was it called? The Met Gala. The The Met Met Gala, Gala, man, but they throw about $35,000 a ticket. Oh, I'm yeah. not. I'm not. Never going to that gala. Ever. I'll read Ever. the paper. Yeah. I look at uh, Facebook. Send me pictures. They're not getting thirty five of mine. Absolutely. You know, it's funny because it is actually the premier event of uh, the fashion world every year. Because as, as Debbie D mentioned, it's held at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Mm. <laughs> you know, which is the, what the Met is, just so you don't think it's the baseball team or something like that, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's held at the, annually at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. I remember last year, the theme was uh, religion in the Catholic Church. So all of the various costumes, is very couture. So, you know, it's not going to be anything people wear that's going to be like a... Uh, you know, pedestrian. It's going to be something always over the top. And Lady Gaga and all of them, man, listen, they wear some things. And I remember last year there was a lot of controversy because it being with the Catholic Church, there were people who wore things that were also very symbolic with religious symbols and things. And of course, you know. I don't want to hear nothing about the Catholic Church. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) All that that stuff they do. Yeah, but there you go. And that's, that was kind of a part of the whole issue. Why did you pick them and, and all those various things? So this year when they did camp, you know, I mean, it was really over the top. And that's what it's done. Serena Williams was looking awesome. Well, she, she was looking I, all, she had I, a I, I got to go back. I, I, I oh, saw yeah. Rocati and I saw Nikki. 
Yes. And but um, I, now I gotta go back and find it. Man. I probably go on YouTube and. Oh yeah! Oh out. yeah! Absolutely. You put type in Met Gala that that the outfits are amazing and and you know the fashion designers and especially at this event because you have the fashion designers who are already you know um accomplished Valenciaga, Vera Wang, all of those. But then you have the ones who are unknown and they make their reputation at this event. You know, somebody who comes with somebody who's never been heard of and they make a, a grand entrance with somebody, a new designer, and break them out at the Met Gala, it can kind of make or break your career. I mean, so the that, Met Gala is a big thing. Just that one with those ly uh, lyrics and the pinstripes, man, that got to be, I got to go back and check that yeah, out. Yeah, I, I got to see that myself. Crazy. Woven into it, ooh. Oh, man. Yeah. And, and, and dedicated mm. to hip-hop at that, mm, you know? Mm, mm. Well, Mr. Biggs, you know, um... You talked about our guests. Let's, let's let, let, let me let me hear the one and only, the one and only Hollywood. Yo, Hollywood, you with us, man? Yeah, I'm in there, baby. I'm in there. Oh, in oh, there like right. swimwear, my dude. Yo, Hollywood, man. This is you know me and my son. I got my man Charlie Rock with me. What's Rock, going on, baby? I'm good, my brother. Hollywood, like you should. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> the legendary DJ Hollywood, Anthony Holloway. We definitely must be considered the father, the godfather of rap, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And that's talking from two of us who are considered legends, so to speak, in, in, in the hip-hop game from back in the day with the Soul Sonic Force. But Hollywood changed the game. I got to tell you. I got to tell you, brother. You definitely did do that. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, um, yo, Holly, my first question is, and I ask all my guests this, your definition of hip-hop. What is hip-hop to you? Hip-hop is an internal feeling that conquers your mind, body, and soul the minute it touches you. You don't have to be hip-hop to become hip-hop uh, because of the feeling. It's a God-given gift that a lot of people are able to do it, and it came from God so that we could rise up quickly. Wow. All that's right. that's, that's, that's a like pretty that. deep definition, my brother. That's a de that's deep a definition. One. That's a good but that's one. That's only because most people can't see the glory of His Majesty. They mm. can only see what's in front of them, and they take what's in front of them and make it the way they want to make it. But if God didn't give us this gift, where would we be uh, as a total people? This this lifted a lot of guys out of a lot of situations, man, where they could have been doing some other things uh, that would have been real detrimental to their life. Yeah, uh, this that, took the average sure. Joe and made him a Fred, a Bob, an understanding of <laughs> realness uh, from the door uh, without being overeducated, without being raised in a great neighborhood, without being on Fifth Avenue. Uh, you could be wherever you at, and you can come up. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's very that's true. true. If that's not God's gift, I don't know what it is. That's for sure. That's for sure. Absolutely. I definitely think it gave a lot of brothers from the hood an avenue into um, the upper echelons of society. I mean, you know, that's that's absolutely true. Um, Hollywood, I've got to ask you a question because I know you get a lot of flack about this. And, you know, we thought it was important for you to get equal airtime, so to speak. You know what I mean? Okay. And, and here's the situation. Um, a lot of people have this conflict about who is hip-hop, who is not, what is hip-hop, what is not. Okay? I know you've... You've spoken your piece about it, and I know others have spoken their piece about it. Now, of course, Mr. Biggs and myself, we're, we're doing Let's Talk Hip Hop. So at this moment, we want to hear, you know, equal time about it and, 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 you know, understand your particular concept from it, how you consider yourself in regards to hip hop. Okay, let's just take it back to where certain people are saying uh, Hollywood is not hip hop. He's disco. Uh, all you're saying, you know, in, 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 in one breath is that I was here before you. Uh, 
Mm. That is, I was here before disco. Okay. Explain uh, that statement. That that I want to explain that statement when you say that. Which which part of the statement? Being here about? before disco, that part. Oh, here before disco. When disco music came out, I was already a DJ. Okay. Uh, and I was a DJ when being a DJ wasn't like the most popular thing in the world because they only paid like fifteen dollars a night. And I was working in after hours spots all throughout Harlem and. I played from 4 in the morning till 12 in the afternoon. Well, that's the hour. That's the witching hour for the after-hour spots. Yeah, definitely, man. definitely. So, yeah, you in there, you don't even know it's daytime. That, oh, no, I, just, <laughs> I spent many I spent many a morning and afternoon coming out of after-hour spots at a particular point in my face. life. Exactly. Joe Grant's and all those spots back in the yeah, day. Yeah, man. Well, see, you know what zoning out is. But uh, this was the first initial time uh, when the change of the music was coming. Yes. And... Nobody was able to see this change coming, and that's why I know God brought it to me, because I didn't see it either. I just started doing it. See, from a, from a young young kid, well, I'm, I'm still only 14 when I'm talking about young. I'm still <laughs> only 14 when I started working. Okay. Uh, you know, I left home when I was 14. Okay, wow. wow. But before that, I was in singing groups, and, and we, were, we, were, we were coming up, man. We were some... Five little dudes with the white gloves and the, and the nice suits and all that. What was but the name of the group? The name of the group was the Innovations. Innovations. Okay. Uh, which meant a new idea at the time. Yes, right. yes. And uh, being that we were doing shows and women were screaming and, and, and you know, this was this was some unreal stuff going on for, for a young kid, you know? Yes. Uh, everybody got big-headed. Everybody got to that point, uh, I'm a star now. You know, we, 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 you know, we did a few shows. That's how we do. That's for some reason. That's how we do Hollywood. For some reason, I don't understand it, boy. But that's what it is. Yeah, but yeah. It's all about the L O V E because a lot of this is done because of that. Uh, uh, most dudes that got into DJing and all that, they did it because of the glamour. They did it because you know, little girls. You know, like now you're getting a little com- more conversation than you would if you wasn't a DJ. Yeah. Uh, you're getting shine from people. Uh, that if you wasn't a DJ, you wouldn't be getting that shine. So they picked up that for that purpose in life to get a shine. Uh, there's a very few of us that actually came into this because we love music. Uh, okay. From the doorway, that's how I got into this because of the love for the music. Like I said, it was only getting fifteen dollars a night. So what is fifteen dollars a night? I mean, what a lot of little uh, other things went, well, you know, in that. <laughs> <laughs> There's some perks. There's some perks. A whole perks. lot of perks yeah. and a whole yeah. lot of that stay up, you know. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It's 12 o'clock. I ain't tired yet, you know what I mean? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, that love for the music, man, was, was the driving force. Okay, now, being that I was in singing groups, uh, my first uh, attempt at this, uh, I met this guy who, who was a real old dude. And he had two jobs as a DJ. He had one in a bar in Sugar Hill. That's like 167th uh, Amsterdam. And he had an after-hour spot on 148th. I used to run with the number man. His name was Chuck. Uh, he used to take me everywhere he go because I was his boy. You know, I, yeah, whatever he need, I got it. You know what I'm saying? I run it down. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he traveled everywhere taking numbers. So, therefore, I got a, I got a, I'm 14 years old, but I'm meeting I'm meeting crazy professional people. You know what I'm saying? When I say professional, I mean money getters. Right, 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 right. The hustle world. You know, people, uh, it's, a, it's a whole other world in the hustler's life. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. But respect is due to the grind because that's what we do all the time. So, uh, let, 
you know, let me ask you a question here. Where the hip-hop part, because the whole argument of you not being hip-hop, where do you think that comes from, and why do you believe that people do not view you as a hip-hop DJ? I know I have my take on what hip-hop is. I want to hear why you think that is. Okay, uh, hip-hop is a name given to a game that was played a long time before the name hip-hop existed. Uh, the style of which the DJ is delivering the sound of the music is all that I brought to the game. See, a lot of guys got, uh, 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 whatever their contribution is, you know, uh, a lot of it, I don't even know what their contribution is because I've listened to a lot of dudes and I'm like, really? And then there's like Pioneer this and Legend this and Pioneer this and this. It can't be that many legends. It can't be that many pioneers. So a lot of people are jumping on this wagging. Uh, boom. Dude told me the other day, I'm not hip-hop because I wasn't in the park with my sneakers on. Uh, uh, boom. And I say, yo, but that's, at that time, young guys were b-boys. So now, it, that, does that make you hip-hop because you was a b-boy? Because b-boy is an essence of its own. B-boy is a lifestyle of its own. And b-boy is not what hip-hop is. Hip-hop is what happened to b-boys after they grew up. He was like, nah, man, nah, man. You was in the club. I used to live across the street. I went over there. I used to see you, uh, boom, 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 boom. But we had no place to go. We had no this, no that. So we did this, and this is our thing. Now, disco went out, so y'all, now y'all niggas want to come in on the hip-hop thing. You understand? And I'm like, dude, my contribution to what you're saying is what you do is like a major piece in how you play. Now, I don't know if that makes me hip-hop or not, but I know the spoken word, the two turntables and the mic, is a blessing God gave me, and I passed it to everybody. Yeah, you definitely At first, did I was that. the only one doing it. When I was the only one rocking on the microphone, cutting records, nobody, you know, listen, see, I had the pleasure of playing all city, meaning I played in Brooklyn. I played in Queens, I played in Long Island, I played in the Bronx, I played in Harlem. I played every place. Everybody that ever tells me hip-hop starts in the Bronx are only people who really played in the Bronx. They don't know what the rest of the world was doing. They don't have a clue if anybody was doing anything. They were only interested in what they're doing, which is kind of distorted when it comes to writing history. You're writing what you see. You're writing what you do, but that's only from one aspect of the play. I think Hollywood, I don't mean to cut you off, I think hip-hop as we know it is is with the, the graffiti and the, the breakdancing is because the breakdancing or the b-boy wasn't accepted and and uh, the older crowds, like when, when you was playing, like, the you you know, the guys wasn't breakdancing at those parties. You know what I'm well, saying? He wasn't allowed to. Exactly. Exactly. So that's where, that's where the, the argument is coming in. Where the hip hop allowed that to be, like you, you was able to break dance at these parties. You back then, you only hear people on the mic when you somebody had to go move their car or some shit. With you, you know, but you, you had your own little flow. But before you, they wasn't doing that, and it. And they know, wasn't allowed to. Exactly. Even, That's why hip-hop, when they just put everything together and it allowed everybody to actually be themselves. Okay, listen. I am not in an argument about what happens with that. I am in a beef about me not being a part of it. Because mm. Mm. Okay. See, that's why I wanted you, you that's why I wanted you on this because that, we had our talk before. Right. My style is being used in whatever y'all are calling hip hop. So All I don't, right. you know, I, I don't have a beef with y'all being uh, the, the front runners of hip hop, but my style is what made hip hop last. 
Now, the graffiti didn't make it last. It was there. The breakdancing didn't make it last, but it was there. And all of the elements that they say hip-hop is, the spoken word is what carried the load. The spoken mm. word is what changes into a billion-dollar business. Exactly. That was what, now, I will say this, and, and I agree with you. First of all, let me tell you that you were the first person I actually saw DJing and MCing. Prior to that, the DJ always had a separate person who did the MC. And, you know, it was they were separate entities, but they were together, but separate entities. And I remember one of the first times I heard you was obviously Club 371. And also in the T-Connection, before it became a hip-hop spot. Um, some people, you know, you're in the nightlife in the hustle world, and so was I. So, some people that you know actually quite well, uh, 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 Dr. Guy Fisher, he had, a, he had a party up there, and you were the DJ. And so, you know, and I heard you, I was like, yo, this dude, he's DJing and he's MC, you know, so I was actually mesmerized by it. But I will also say, as Mr. Big said, the B-Boy was really the X factor in defining what came to be known as hip hop. And it has a lot to do with what you corroborated and what Mr. Biggs also said. We were the ones who were the renegades. We weren't allowed in those clubs. The 371s, the Stardust Ballrooms, the, the Nemos, the Nell Gwens, and right. the DJs who catered to us were not allowed to play there either. Cool Herc, legend that he is, the father that they call the father of hip hop. Right. He was not playing in Nell Gwens or 371. They wouldn't allow that, you know? But but that but that's not because he couldn't get in. That's because his style of play. That's exactly the point. That yeah, is exactly of, the his point. Style of play, his style of play wasn't matching the marketplace of what DJs do. Exactly. And he, and he played obscure beats and he played a lot of things that other other DJs play. They just didn't emphasize break. But see, that's the and Hollywood. What you just said is really the definition that um categorizes what came to be known as hip-hop. But now the rap part, you are not kidding about that. You popularized rap, and rap became the component of it that actually became the commercial wheel that allowed it to become a billion-dollar industry. So you would get no argument from me there. But when people are talking about this not being hip-hop and what is and what isn't, that whole piece that you just mentioned is actually the defining characteristic of hip-hop. I wouldn't even necessarily consider graffiti. It was a part of it, but it was its own separate entity. It was in existence before we were doing it. That was, that was in existence when we were gang-banging. <laughs> you know what I mean? Listen to what you're saying. Still saying basically what I'm saying. See, mm -hmm. everything has its part. Sure. Everything plays its part, which makes it a legendary stance because the B-Boy shit was in effect long time before niggas started talking on the mic. Absolutely. was in effect long before hip-hop had a reason to be. Uh, his microphone guy, which they say is the first MC. Coke Rock. yes. No rhymes? He ain't do no rapping. He no. Just, no, he wasn't a rhymer. That wasn't, that wasn't even, the rhyme thing wasn't really even in existence, not with them, anyway. Exactly, like I said, Exactly. So that, that part of, of going to where hip-hop is, is all running on the same path, but it's coming from different directions. This is why when somebody says it starts here and it starts there, you got to think in terms of we live in a world. And New York, big spot, man. Big spot. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And uh, the Bronx bringing the b-boyism for me, mm -hmm. I think that that's like the number one stance for it. I know the guy, this guy's in Harlem that was doing it too. Right. Different style, but they were doing big. it. Yes. It wasn't big. It was big in the Bronx. Uh, Tony Fuji, uh, Doug, all those cats from, from way, way back in the B-Boy stance. Absolutely. Uh, they, 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 they got, they were, even Flash was a fucking B-Boy. Yes, you he know? was. Willie uh, uh, Mel was a B-Boy. Yeah. That's what they was doing. The B-Boy shit. Yeah. 
uh, they say, Hollywood, you wasn't in the park, and you wasn't doing so and so and so, but you got to think, in 1971, I was in the fucking park. Mm, okay. In 1972, I was playing in the block party. Okay. So, so, if that, so, so by that definition... Yeah. <laughs> and sneakers, y'all don't exist at all. So my young part of, uh, of my grimy parts of my life... You understand? Because I think everybody came through some times when they really didn't have shit. That's yeah. for sure. That yeah. Ones that didn't, they ain't part of this at all. <laughs> That's true. You understand? I come from the grind from the bottom up. Like I said, I left home when I was 14. At 14, I'm homeless, dude. But I'm lucky because I got a guard. And my guard carried me to different places where I could receive making money and then I could pay a bill. Right, exactly. But I, my grind was ridiculous because I'm playing from 12 at 4 o'clock in the morning till 12. Sometimes that 12 turned into like 3. Sometimes oh, yeah. that shit went right on around the fucking clock because oh, niggas yeah. are sniffing cocaine. They might, they ain't getting no tired. No, no. I used to be in the after-hour spot and everybody at, at 8 o'clock in the morning started throwing me their car keys. I got, I'm driving the biggest cars in the world. You hear me? <laughs> I'm moving them from one side to the other. Mm, well, that, you know, I, I, as as one who ran in the after-hour world when I was, as, as a young guy, when I say young, for me, like 17, 18 years old, you know, we leave Bronx River and then go to T.O.'s across yeah, yeah, the bridge, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean, yeah, yeah. or or the hilltop, and, right. and you know, if you remember, and I know you know the ra- the, the after-hour world, back in the days when you used to have the Round Robins. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And I forgot the name of the newspaper. They had a nightlife newspaper, too. Right. And they had all of those different things. So I'm very aware of it. And, and obviously the style was very different. And I think that's one of the key components of defining, that people used to define hip-hop, is style and culture and adults versus children, more so to speak, because it was definitely a youth-oriented culture. You know what I mean? But I think, as also, even in establishing in this particular interview, that you are definitely the uh, a forefather of it. What would you say to that? I'm like one of them. Abs- well, one of them, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm one I didn't of say them. V. I said A, A forefather, plural. And like, and, and, <laughs> and like I said, my contribution to what hip-hop is is just the style of somebody being on a microphone with two turntables doing a thing. Before me, there are a million entities of rappers. There's, there's uh, Pig Meat Markham. Yes, here comes the judge, yes. Uh, yeah, 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 but, uh, but he had no turntables, and he had a band. That's true, that's true. I, I mean, mean I, I, saw, going, I saw a group. He wasn't going from record to record. He did his record, and it was over. Jocko Henderson. Jocko, Jocko. Yeah. He do same situation, though. He wasn't going from record to record. I'm the first DJ ever in the history of the world to bring turntables to the Apollo Theater. Okay. But I'm not on the Apollo Walk of Fame. How about that? And so I how remember, can we, how can we get that? So, shit, how can we make that happen? How can we get that rectified, Hollywood? I don't, I don't, listen, I do a whole lot of not whining. You know what I'm saying? Because that whining shit slows you down. You know what I'm saying? But I got a lot of like little gripes and little picks of, of why I should be this and I should be that. But I be working so hard to maintain my travel as I speak right now. So I don't have time to deal with that. You understand what I'm saying? I don't have, I can't let nothing slow me down because I got a family to feed. Yes, what's okay. up? Okay, and and I'll tell you, I remember you playing in the Apollo with um Evelyn Champagne King. Yeah, I remember yeah. it. I yeah, remember I was it. there with James. I was there with the with the 
Putin knows how to deal with it. Damn everybody. Absolutely. I, so I remember, again, some people that we, we know mutually took yeah. ownership of it. <laughs> you so know, we leave it at that. So, so Hollywood, like you said, um, you know, people was playing music all over the city back then. Why yeah. do you think it started, everybody say it started in the Bronx? Because they're from the Bronx. And they didn't go any place else. If you if you traveled around the city, you could see bites of everything everywhere. Every place I went, every place I played, when I left there, there was somebody going, "Yeah, motherfucker, I'm ready to do fuck the bit." Oh, what he said? Oh, 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 boom. My 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 style of rap was coming out of everybody's mouth at the beginning of this because that was the blueprint. Everybody was doing and then a lot of niggas was like, well, I'm not Hollywood, I'm this and that. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it, 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 at the beginning of the game, nobody had structure. Nobody had a taste for the rap. But once they heard it, they was like, oh, shit, I could do that. And that's how it went down. It just grew, man. And I was just trying to be the best DJ anybody ever heard. When I first came in the game, Pete DJ Jones and Flowers from Brooklyn, yes. uh, uh, L Brothers, they had, they had, uh, oh man, so many giants, man. They had Disco Twins, uh, Queens, all these people come from different parts of New York. Very and true. They and records, but they had no mic service. So, so with with that with that being said, when it comes to this father, this whole. Why do they only mention Flash, Bam, and Herc? I mean, even the people in Brooklyn, Queens, they all, everybody just mentioned Flash, Bam, and Herc. Because of what's the conversation. A lie don't care who tell it. A fart don't care who smell it. Scream don't even care who yell it. <laughs> if, if, if you run something past somebody and they accept it and they pass it on without doing any research about it. That's what it is. Journalists that, that write about hip hop. How many of them actually did research? Uh, Fab Five Freddy, uh, no, George, and it's one other dude. I can't never remember his name. These guys, when white people want to know something about hip hop, they go to them. They don't go to Herc. Henry Shalafon is, I think, who you're speaking about. Right, well, okay. Well, anyway, they don't go to Herc. They don't go to to, to to Flash. They go to these guys to get the information about what hip hop is and how to structure hip-hop, and how to make a movie about hip-hop, and how to do a dance about hip-hop. They go to these guys. They don't go to guys who created this. Mm, that is absolutely true. Listen, we're going to have to do a part two with this, Hollywood. Are you down for it or what? Life continues, my brother. You all right, all right, because obviously we're, we're limited on time, but this is too good just to let it go here. So we want to let the uh, so Sonic Hip Hop, uh, Let's Talk Hip Hop audience know that there's going to be a part two, and you're getting some real history from the root to the fruit right here with none other than the legendary DJ Hollywood like you should. Hollywood, I got to ask you one favor, my brother. Will you do it for me, please? Can you yes, hit sir. me off with a Hollywood rhyme before we go? Before rap was a game and hip-hop was a nation, before Lauren Hill began a miseducation, before the milk was chilling and P.E. brought the noise, before Heavy D and the boys, before the roof caught on fire and the fresh was the word, before Houdini and friends and Roxanne's revenge, before the freeze come out at night, before Say Ho, before the crash crew was rocking on the radio, before Whitney, Mariah, Brandy, and Janet, before the soul sonic force was rocking the planet, before Visa the Breaks, before Hard Times, before Sugar Hill, King Tim, and Super Rob, before Reganomics, before kids got shot in the stomach, before hip, Pop appeared in any comics before Jays, before weed was trees, before going raw dog gave you a deadly disease, before haters, thugs, and perpetrators, before the alphas, before the betas, before people, cell phones, retro cards, FedEx, food stamps, metro cards, cops was 5 Cats was answers before B-Boys turned into break dances. Legs crazy, Al Swayze, LL said, hot, human, and hazy. Before tattoos, don't get it twisted. I'm hip hop. I always existed in its physical form and the essence of rhyme. I'm DJ Hollywood. Thank you. 
for your time. My yes, brother, my All right. brother. All right. Yes, yes, y'all. <laughs> Hollywood. Yes, yes. Hollywood like you should. The legendary DJ Hollywood right here. Also, Sonic Biggs, let's talk hip-hop. Uh, Mr. Biggs, we, Yo, you know, man, we got to have was, a part that two was to great, that man. one. We yes, definitely going to have a part two, Hollywood, man. Thank you, man. I love hey, you. I appreciate hey, you, my brother. Man, uh, the debate, debate will never be over because there's a lot of people who's not going to actually deal with the facts. They're going to deal with their imaginations, and a lot of people are stuck on whatever they say is what it is. Yeah, you know, when you put this point. in a pot and you melt it down and, mm. and you, you go to the essence of what everybody's saying, you'll find out what's going on. All right, that's all right. Said. That's, that's absolutely true. And, and I guess we're saying do your research, DJ Hollywood. We, we're going to do this one more time, you know? Oh, oh man. Thank you, man. Thank you, thank you. All this right. broadcast is brought to you by Mr. Biggs Wines along with Mr. Biggs and Sons. What you wanted to be today, baby? What you would? Well, corp. it's Corp. <laughs> I don't like Corp. <laughs> Yo, TK. What's the wine of the week, man? Well, first, before I give you that wine of the week, I was probably I was by far one of my favorite interviews that we did so far. That was dope. Really? That was a dope interview. You enjoyed that. That right? was a real dope interview. Yeah, you got some got some real history in that. Yeah, but let me let me hit you with this wine of the week. This wine of the week is that Mr. Big's Merlot. Mm. Now that Merlot was a combination of smooth and cool. That was, that was my pop saying right there. <laughs> so it's a red wine. It's a ruby red coloring. It goes well with pasta, some some seafood. It's from Italy, of course. And it's, it has that kick. It kick, like it, it drink, you, you could drink it, but it has a kick back to it. Yeah, that's some good wine there. All right, all right. So we gotta. That means somebody got to go pick up a bottle of Mr. Big's Merlot. Yeah, you know, go good with I got that some Merlot steak too. I'm not a meat beef, but it's go good with the steak, the beef, man. It's good wine. Good you know, I, I I don't know. I'm not a. Mer I got a pair of Merlot shoes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I think people should go pick up some of that Mr. Big's Merlot wine. Um, you know, Mr. Big, where can they get Mr. Big's wine? We oh, we gotta man. let them know. Just we gotta let them know. MrBigsWines.com. MrBigsWines.com. And you have all the listings, all the stores. You know it's all. All right. But Tally, man, that was a great interview. Man. That was a fantastic Definitely interview. Get Hollywood. You know, um, got to get my man hurt. Yes, then, um, yes. Then I'll be ready to talk to the people, man. We got to build this, man. Build it right. And then we're going to start letting the people... You know, have their say. Absolutely. I think this was really clear a lot of things. He made some good points. I got to tell you, he did make some good points. And while, you know, and, and, and I think establishing what is, what isn't hip hop, but he did make a point that hip hop has many forefathers. Yeah, for sure. And and we can't deny that. I mean, even when we talked the other week and you were talking about Sammy Davis Jr. with, with B-Boying. Exactly. And we're seeing, you know, the Will Master Trio and other people doing what would have been some boss B-Boy moves had I been able to steal some of those back. Hey, 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 you know, even like I saw some um, old cats rapping. This was like 1930 and they was kicking, they was spitting bars, man. I mean, yeah. hey. And he's absolutely right about Pigmy Markham. I don't consider Pigmy Martin hip-hop, but he was definitely rapping. For people who don't know Pigmy Martin was, a legendary comedian from the Toba circuit, uh, the Chitlin circuit back in the days of the Apollo. Did a routine called Here Comes the Judge, and he actually put it to music and made a record. And a lot of people like to consider that the first rap record. Absolutely. 
Everybody knows that here is the judge. That's right. Uh, Remember that? Until next time, man. Until next time. I don't know what we're going to have next week, Charlie, man, but I know it's going to be funky. I know it's going to be dope. Whoever we're going to have is going to be funky. It's going to be funky. It's going to be funky. <laughs> we keeping it hip-hop. We keeping it hip-hop. Yes, we are. Soul Sonic, bitch. Let's talk hip-hop. Until next time, everybody. This broadcast has been brought to you by Mr. Big's Minds along with Mr. Big's and Sons Corp. Hey, people, fam. Thank you for listening in. We'll holler at you next week. Peace and love. Peace. Take him to the bridge. This used to be the get down, Big. Oh, God. Get from behind the rope. Yo, Smitty, get from behind the rope. That's the way it is. I've got my ticket. He's got his. Stay on the scene. Like a loving machine. Stay on the scene. Oh, Sonic Biggs with Let's Talk Hip Hop, the 